want to hear something scary. Nope. No, no, no. No! God! Please! No! 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 I just don't think that people would appreciate you coming up to them and saying, can I squish your baby's face? Well, that's why I want to do it when no one's looking. Because then I avoid that awkwardness. Yeah, but I don't think... Because then you run the risk of them discovering that you're squishing their baby's <laughs> face without them being aware of it and so then cute. you're just a stranger that has <laughs> snuck up to somebody's baby unbeknownst to the parents and started squishing its face well i'm not gonna actually when i say squish i don't mean like i'm gonna squish your face <laughs> i mean like oh little baby like, so you're gonna be you're like a cheek pincher no i don't want to pinch its cheeks i just want to like put its little face in my hands and then do what and what like go next? like this like with a cat like okay yeah 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 you you just want to like but gentle not with the one not when they have squishy head i don't like squishy head babies oh my god those creep me out i won't i won't go near them they're too delicate i didn't go near my little sister until she was like two (laughs) i mean that makes sense i wait for their their skulls to fully so you're not interested in infants like little jelly babies like you're more oh no that (laughs) creeps me out you're way more interested in like a fully formed like a baby chunker not like when they're in like michelin um tire man form what when they've got like rolls like when their body is like segmented into the more rolls the better then i'm definitely gonna squish your baby (laughs) (laughs) take that as a compliment i guess so all right i think we're ready I think we're just going to roll into it with that. All right. Okay. <laughs> with a good baby squishing yep. conversation. Okay. Um, welcome, everybody, to All the Nopes. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Sorry, I'm drinking my tea. Of course you are. Um, I am your host, Nick, and I am, as always, joined by my lovely wife, Luna. Hello. How's it going, love? It's going good. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. How's um, your day been so far? It's been good. Actually, Jasper's been hanging out with me pretty much this whole time. If he's not sitting in my seat... Yeah, he's whacking me in the face with his tail. Yeah, well, you know, that happens. No, it doesn't, ever. Producer duties. Yeah. He's always facing the other way, so I don't like that he likes you right now. Okay, well, maybe I'll put him on my lap. Yeah, put him on your lap. Okay. So, yeah, we are All the Nopes, and we are a true crime and paranormal podcast where Mm -hmm. I get to tell Luna a true crime story. And I get to tell Nick a paranormal story. Absolutely. Or a spooky ooky story. Spooky ooky. I was actually thinking, like, I. I kind of want to do like cult ones because that's not really paranormal. But no, not really. That I think cult would go under yours. True crime. Yeah. Good. Unless it's like a satanic cult. Why? Because there's still not likely a lot of paranormal stuff happening. It's still that's just like true. drinking pig's blood and Ew. and Jud- you don't want to be involved in that kind free. of research. No, I don't want to be involved in that. Nope. Actually, I'll just be involved in the spooky oogies. Okay, sounds good. Well, today I have a story for you. That is about a frontier serial killer family named <laughs> the Bloody Benders. A family? There's a whole family of yeah, them? we're going to get into it. Was their last name Bender? Yes, their last name was Bender. Were they related to Bender from Futurama? No, they are not related to Bender from Futurama. Worth because a shot. they were around in the 1870s and oh, Bender was around times. in the year 3000. Yep. Well, so. Said I went to the year 3000. No, please don't do that. Not much what has that? changed, but they live underwater. What do you is know who sang that? that? Uh, and your great, great, great granddaughter. granddaughter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, is doing it, fine. What is that? I'm just thinking that. Think I'm, of a boy band. It's not One Direction. Like, nope, from like 
10 to 15 years ago. I can't think of them. There was three. One was older and no one really cared about them. Weren't they all the brothers? They were all brothers. the brothers? Yep. One. Hanson. Come on. They were in Camp Rock. I don't remember. I didn't. I forget their names. The one. The the Jonas Brothers. There you go. Who's your favorite Joe bro? I'm not a fan of any of the Joe bros. Is Nick the youngest? Is he the one with the curly hair? Yep. All right, well, then people I guess like him. him. So it's funny back. I know this isn't relevant at all, but back then people used to love Joe. He was like the the like was he main the guy. Or the middle no, one? the middle one. But he always had like the emo swished hair, Ooh. and like everyone loved him. And then something happened to Nick and puberty, and now everyone loves him. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. Cool. And that was my little side story. All right. Well, <laughs> Welcome to my TED talk. Perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. All right. Well, they didn't sponsor me to sing that bad boy. No, they didn't, and they're actually probably going to sue us for having that in the. That means I get to see them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the Bloody Benders is the story I'm going to be telling you about. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. So basically, we're back in the 1870s again, Mm -hmm. like around the time. uh, The 1870s were actually when the Crescent Hotel was starting to like kind of get operating. And there are some connections to Hmm. not necessarily the Crescent Hotel, but we'll we'll get into that in a second. There's also some connections to Tilly Klemek, which we're going to get to in a second. So there's actually connections to my story. Really? No, I'm lying. Oh, well, don't but I be just I wanted to have a role. And Not cool. I wanted to participate. All Continue. right. Well, anyways, I just need to like run through a quick bio of like the family members okay. that you know who we've got who we're dealing with here. So we have Pa Bender, who's also his real name is John Senior, right? Okay. We've got Ma Bender. Whose name is Alvira? Ooh, yeah, I the like mistress her. of the dark. Um, and their children, John Bender Jr. So okay. we've got a junior mm-hmm. and Kate Bender. Okay, so there's four. There's four of them. So there's the two parents, Ma and Pa, or John and Alva- Elvira, mm-hmm. and John Jr. and Kate. Okay, okay. and John Bender Sr. He's he's a tall 60-year-old German man. And based on most of the accounts that I found, he was wild and wooly. And he had huge, bushy eyebrows and piercing, deep-set black eyes. All right? Are you picturing this? I'm picturing the guy from Frozen. Yoo-hoo! Not even close. But bushy really eyebrows. No. Bushy eyebrows. Think of somebody now more. Now I'm picturing his evil brother. Okay. That's closer. <laughs> okay. Um, apparently, his appearance was... Uh, so attractive, not really, that settlers in the space nicknamed him Old Beetle Browed John. That's a rough nickname. Yep. And it doesn't get any better with any of these nicknames because each of the people kind of had <laughs> sort of nicknames. So so John Bender Sr. was married to Elvira. Yep. Okay, so Ma. And she was a heavy set Dutch woman who was around the age of like 55 years old. So Ma was apparently very unfriendly and she had crazy stuff going on with her eyes as well. It was said that her gaze was so sinister that neighbors called her a she-devil. Oh my God. So, so we're not off to a great start. We've got no. beetle-browed John and the she-devil. All right. Okay? So that's, Solid. those are our parents. So these are the parents of the family that we've got going into it, okay? And it wasn't really just Elvira's sinister looks that got her her reputation mm-hmm. because apparently, similar to Tilly Klemek, Elvira claimed that she had some supernatural powers. Elvira said that she was a medium who could speak with the dead and she used to be a bit of a herbalist. So she used oh, okay. to boil herbs and roots and she would say that they could cast charms and spells. So like she's really into okay. the, like the like witch a cult kinda. witchy kind of stuff. 
Um, and Elvira was apparently so feared by her husband and her son that she ruled the entire household with an iron fist. Wow. So she's she's pretty much like calling the shots. She's the head honcho. She seems like a Tilly Clement kind of character. Was the daughter not afraid of her? Um, the said... daughter actually. So we're going to get to the daughter. Okay. But the daughter was kind of like her. It's kind of like a, a female All run right. type of situation. It. Okay. So we've got John Sr. Mm -hmm. and we've got Elvira, and they both had extremely thick German accents or Dutch. You know, okay. it, it was one or the other, but they were actually Europeans that came over and settled in the U.S. And so people who spoke English were kind of just like, oh, those, they have those an foreign accent. folks. Yeah, yeah, we don't really know what it is, but they knew that they couldn't really speak English all that well. Okay. Okay. Apparently their accents were so guttural and thick that it was extremely hard to understand them. And people just assumed that they really couldn't speak English at all. They 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 basically couldn't really speak English all that well. Well, but their children, however, were not in the same boat. Okay. John Jr. and Kate spoke English pretty well, and okay. they only had like the slightest hint of an accent. What's up? Were their children born in the US or did they come over um, with them? That is unclear. Um, most I'm of the information that I have about them comes from their time when they had settled a homestead. And we're going to get okay. to that in a second. Well, I was okay. just curious because with the accents, I didn't know if, if they were born in the U.S. I was like, oh, OK. So I is it because they got it from their family? They probably came from Europe and settled here. OK. And it may be that John Jr. and Kate settled here at a younger age. And so they were able to grasp more of the language mm. and not have as thick of an accent. Okay. Because we'll see that they're pretty fluent in English. It's not really something that they struggle with. But John Jr., mm -hmm. he was tall like his dad, but unlike Beetlebrowed John, he was actually handsome for the time. He was 25. He was slender. He had auburn hair and a mustache. He had a bit of a German accent, which I feel, you know, makes you mm. makes you a little bit more spicy. But basically, you know, he he spoke English pretty fluently. Apparently, he was a pretty social guy, but he used to laugh kind of aimlessly, like sort of at nothing. And I, I don't know if he like just chuckled to himself when there was nothing going on or like during conversations when it was inappropriate. He was like, <laughs> but um. Basically, people kind of just started to believe that he was, and I quote, a halfwit. So oh. Oh. <laughs> we've got like a goofy situation going yeah. on here. <laughs> and then last but certainly not least, we have Kate. Okay. And Kate was apparently the friendliest of all the benders and the most well-spoken when it came to English. Okay. She had just the slightest hint of a German accent because she was the youngest. She's only 23. Mm -hmm. But she was extremely social and was said to be petite and beautiful. Kate was really charming and often had conversations, laughing with strangers and everything. Only when she did it, she didn't come off as a halfwit. <laughs> um, and similar to Ma Bender... Kate also had self-proclaimed supernatural abilities. Oh, okay. She said that she was a healer, psychic, and medium as well. Wow, big three. And that's pretty interesting that both of them are saying that they're mm. in the realm of like mediumship, but it should also be known that the benders follow a religion called spiritualism. Okay? Oh, okay. And spiritualism, based on what I found on the internet, is basically the belief that the spirits of the dead not only exist beyond death, okay. right, but they also have the ability and the desire to communicate with the living. Oh, so, so it's basically just a religion based around ghosts. the belief of ghosts. Yes. 
Um, and not only ghosts, because the spirit realm isn't just a space where the dead go to exist. It's apparently believed in spiritualism that spirits continue to grow and evolve after death. So basically, like another life. after life is literally you living in a second life after death. That's pretty so cool. So it's not as surprising that they're, they believe all of this other mm. stuff. Um, and I have some theories on like, I, I feel like this might play into their lack of value for the living or like why they don't care that much about living beings because they sort of believe that no matter what they're going to go off and do something else but I just thought that was pretty interesting Hmm. now since Kate was the most charismatic of all Mm -hmm. the vendors she used her skills in mediumship and healing as a way to make money on the lecture circuit which apparently you could just do back in the 1870s and like late 1800s like you could just be like I know how to do this thing and I'm going to start charging people to lecture on it like That's you can just cool, go around and do though. whatever but then you don't know what information you're getting exactly and it is interesting because spiritualists believe that you don't have to be like attuned or something in order mm-hmm. to be a medium you don't have to have like a specific gift you can just learn how to practice mediumship well i feel like even nowadays with that there are practices and there are techniques that you can do to amplify what you already Your, like, have psychic abilities but right, I'm not. But, but I it, wonder if there's. But I'm there sure. The pers- isn't there sort of like the idea that you need to have some sort of natural ability to build on? I don't or know. Is it I presumed don't... that everybody has some sort of natural ability. I think everyone, to a degree, has some sort of natural ability. Yeah. But I feel like it depends on where they are in their life and their beliefs and and their lifestyles that close them off to it. So I feel like some people are more attuned for sure. Yeah. But I do believe that everyone has the ability to tap into if they were to practice and if focus they were to practice it, and like focus if they it. were to actually believe in it if they a lot of factors would come into play yeah. but I feel like everybody to a degree has the ability it's just how open you are to it and then you have the ability to practice upon it okay well I'm not so sure how much Kate actually understood mm. about this type of mm. mediumship or anything like that uh, because apparently she really liked the money that she would Oh, okay. But not only that, she loved the attention. She Mm. loved notoriety. She loved kind of like basking in the praise of people. And it wasn't long after she, you know, started getting kind of a reputation that her popularity sort of turned against her because people began to think of her as satanic based on what she preached. Mm. You have to think that's a fine line, too. Yeah. I mean, it's especially back in that time Mm -hmm. frame like people weren't very tolerant of like magic-y kind of mentalities it's either I feel like it's either like Catholicism Mm -hmm. or bust Mm -hmm. I you know and like and you say the wrong thing once and it's all of a sudden turned on well apparently she was pretty into like free love and like she I mean she was very progressive for for that time time, but that kind of got her the reputation as a satanic person for her spiritualist ways that sucks um well we'll come to see that you know she's kind of deserving of some negative attention (laughs) she's she's not the most innocent of people um and yeah we've we've got quite a crew of characters that we're working with here and all of this starts like i said in the 1870s in kansas and more specifically it's in the township of osage which if you remember it's actually named after the Osage tribe that was moved oh, from the location of the Crescent Hotel. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, so same area? 
Um, or just the same tribe. It's in Kansas. And the, the Crescent Hotel. Was in Arkansas. If I'm not, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. But they're right Arkansas. next to each other, aren't they? Well, the Osage, I would assume, was a relatively large tribe. Yeah. And their their territory spanned a decent amount of space. And yeah, who so knows? They're, they're all connected. But this is right after the Homestead Act, where similar to with, the, with what happened with the Crescent Hotel, all of the natives were kind of like kicked out and then the u.s decided that anybody who hadn't fought against them basically in the civil war or anything Mm -hmm. like that could just come and claim 160 acres of government land 160 acres and obviously that land was taken from the natives that were removed from their homes so this land is coming from the osage tribe and is now cursed yep so basically, after the Civil War, the U.S. is trying to colonize the entirety of the nation with mm-hmm. American and European settlers, basically anybody who didn't fight against them in the war. And that's where our family of spiritualists, the Benders, comes in. Okay, okay. John Sr. and John Jr. decided to claim their 160 acres right off the Great Osage Trail. So there was a trail that led westward. And apparently the trail was created from the migration patterns of buffalo which I thought was pretty interesting as well. And the trail was basically the only way to travel west from that point, which meant that it was a trail that was frequently used Mm. by other homesteaders that were traveling to stake their claim. And basically, you have to remember that this is right after the Civil War. It's on land that was just opened up by the removal of natives. Mm -hmm. And it's not really like a metropolis of any, you know, to any extent. It's basically the Old West, and it wasn't uncommon for people traveling the trail to be attacked by natives Mm -hmm. or by highwaymen or bandits or just plain die from overexposure, dysentery, I don't know, something, you know. Again, it's it's basically the Oregon Trail like we were talking about in, in the Crescent Hotel. So death wasn't really a stranger to this particular area. Okay. So anyways, John and John, Beetle Brow John and Little John, Built little John <laughs> built a small cabin adjacent to the trail, and basically they were like, "Okay, if we know that everybody's gonna be traveling through here, we want to set up on this location." Okay. So they built a small cabin. They built a barn with a corral, and they they set up a well. Okay. And the cabin wasn't like a crazy log cabin that you're probably picturing in your head with like some skylights and a nice little loft area that's not what i'm picturing okay (laughs) because it was basically more or less an over glorified shack yeah okay that's what i'm assuming for back then that's what that is it's about 16 feet wide by 24 feet long and it's just a single room that they divided with a canvas from a wagon okay so it's nothing two rooms yes so what they did was they used the smaller section of the cabin for their living quarters. Okay. And they left the front to be used as a general store with oh, like okay. a small counter and they would sell stuff That's like smart. gunshot, powder, yep. you know, supplies, liquor, tobacco, groceries. But they also apparently used that same space as kind of like an inn for travelers so that they could stay and get a meal and mm. spend the night before continuing their journey west. So in the inn area, they had a small table with seating facing away from the canvas divider. Okay, so the, the canvas is to the back of the chairs. Yes, and that will become important later. And I guess that's where the guests would be able to sit and eat with the benders if they were going mm-hmm. to stop and, you know, revive themselves, basically. So once everything was built, in the fall of 1871, Elvira mm-hmm. and Kate came out 
to live on the settlement with the Bender men. They sent them out first mm-hmm. so that they could establish everything, and then the women came. Once the women got out there, they decided that they were going to plant a two-acre garden with mm-hmm. an apple orchard just north of the cabin. So they've got a pretty decent yeah. setup going on. They've got an uh, apple orchard. They've got their garden. They've got a well. They've got a little... Corral. Yeah, a little corral with a barn. Store. A little general store and everything. They're doing um, pretty well. Yeah. But, it would seem. But strangely enough, once all the benders had arrived and established their cabin, people began to go missing, which, you know, for the time wasn't too alarming because it was more transient and people were often just continuing their journey west. But what was suspicious was that some of those that had gone missing soon turned up dead. Oh. Okay. So one of the mans named Jones apparently turned up in a place called Drum Creek with his skull crushed and his throat slit. Okay. Less than a year later, two more men were found in like a prairie or something Mm -hmm. like that with injuries exactly like the ones that Jones had. They had their skulls crushed and they had their throats slit. Of course, people were curious about what was going on, but since the area was pretty much known to be dangerous, Mm. not much was thought of it and no real action was taken. Um, I think that they did suspect the owner of Drum Creek to have been somewhat responsible, but nobody really looked into it any mm-hmm. further. And and I think he was just kind of dismissed as responsible. So soon after, there were so many reports of missing people or travelers that were going west that never made it past southeast Kansas that travelers started to avoid the trail entirely. Oh, okay. So they were like, we just can't use this because yeah. nobody's making it through. Of course, some suspected that it was just the natives or bandits attacking people. And at this point, the small county even tried to get together like a vigilante community and they arrested men that they thought were suspicious, but all of them were later released because it was proven that they weren't involved Mm -hmm. or the vigilante group would also just run innocent men out of the town to try and attempt to find out who was responsible. But of course, none of these people were actually responsible. They were just kind of Basically, if you didn't know who the people were, yeah, they were they suspects. Were so it wasn't until the winter of 1872 that the pieces began falling into place. Apparently that winter, a man named Newton Longcore and his infant daughter, Marianne, oh. left Independence, Kansas with a plan to resettle in Iowa, but oh. they were never heard oh. from again. Yep. And in the spring of the following year, Longcore's former neighbor, Dr. William Henry York, went looking for him. He was like, okay, well, I believe they either were planning to send back confirmation to Mm -hmm. him that they had made it, or we'll see he's actually connected to people who are like along the trail Mm -hmm. and they never arrived. So he was like, huh, that's weird. And he decided that he was going to go looking for them to find out what happened to them. So he went along the trail and questioned each of the homesteaders and made it as far as Fort Scott in Kansas. But when he found no evidence and there was no confirmation of them making it past there, he just decided to head back home. And on his way back home, he goes missing as well. Oh, my God. So we've got Longcore and his daughter who went missing and also Dr. York who went looking for them and is Mm -hmm. now missing. But Dr. York had two brothers, okay? He had Colonel Ed York, who was living in Fort Scott, which was the location that Dr. York made it to before turning back, Mm -hmm. and Alexander M. York, who was a member of the Kansas State Senate. 
Okay, so he's got some Big two guys. pretty powerful brothers. Yeah. And both of their brothers knew that Dr. York planned to do the search. He had alerted them ahead mm-hmm. of time and said, hey, I'm going to go out and look for my neighbor. He, he went missing. I don't know what happened to him. And when he failed to return home, they rounded up a posse, specifically um, the colonel rounded up a posse to find out what happened. And he led a group of 50 to 75 men wow. and questioned every traveler and homesteader along the trail. Wow. Okay? Holy so damn. So he's like, like crowdsourcing I am- like a, a search committee. And they're like, we're going to find out what happened to him. And by late March in 1873, Colonel York and a few of his men arrived at the Bender's homestead Mm -hmm. and he asked if they knew anything about his brother that came through there. Mm -hmm. And apparently John Sr. and Elvira pretended that they couldn't speak any English while John Jr. and Kate talked to the colonel. So they've got the kids kind of handling the situation. Yeah. And while they were talking, I guess Elvira was basically just sitting in the corner glaring at them. And Kate told them that, go figure, they didn't know anything about Dr. York. Either that or that he had stayed with them one night, but he just continued on his journey and they didn't Mm -hmm. know what happened to him after. So John Jr. actually, you know, pretty cleverly for a man labeled as a halfwit, added that around the time of Dr. York's disappearance, John Jr. said that he had been shot at by someone at night while he was around Drum Creek and he couldn't identify who it was. But he thought that, you know, maybe Dr. York had like kind of befallen the same fate mm. and had been killed. So they're like, OK, well, we don't really have anything to go off of. And they didn't establish enough to take any action until a few days later when the posse came upon a woman who just came from the Bender's house saying that she had been chased out. With knives oh my God. by who other than old Elvira. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. um, did they only kill men? Apparently not. Or did she make of, it out? Like, she survived. She made it out alive because, and we'll see that some people, you know, kind of got a strange feeling yeah. about what was going on there. And they were like, we're going to move along now because this isn't really exactly what we were expecting. But apparently the woman had been stopping there to rest for the night mm-hmm. and uh, something that she did just rubbed Elvira the wrong way. And Elvira pulled a knife on her. So, oh so the Colonel obviously returned to the yeah. benders being like, all right, let's see uh, what's going on here now. And this time he made sure he brought armed men with him. Oh, smart. And he demanded to know like what the hell happened with yeah. this girl. And of course they again just played the same act. All the, the adult benders were just pretending they didn't understand. And John and Kate just denied that the event had ever happened. And like, I feel like, the colonel does that that little act of like now i'm gonna ask y'all folks one more time Mm. what's really going on here because he pressed them a little bit more and apparently elvira broke down and shouted that the woman was a witch and she was trying to poison my coffee oh my god she totally blows her cover yeah and at this point all of the men are like, okay, this bitch has been lying about everything and pretty much understanding everything that we've been saying this whole time. And Elvira is just like livid and forces them out of the house. Okay. She's just like, get out, get out. So oh my God. they all leave. And of course, all of York's men are like, these fuckers did it. Yeah. Like, we know that these are the people responsible. So we should just hang them. But the colonel, since he's like a man of the law, he's like, no, no, no. We need to get evidence. We need to prove that these people were responsible in order to convict them. 
So as they were saddling up and getting ready to leave, Kate approached York. Kate comes outside. She's like, wait, wait, wait. If you want help finding your brother, you should come back here next Friday night alone and I'll use my clairvoyant abilities in order to help you find your brother and no. figure out what happened. Yep. So no. she's just, she's just, I mean, very clever, but. Oh, very clever. But tell me he's not that but stupid. But very sinister. I, he's, he's a smart guy. Okay. He's no okay. dummy. Okay. Because I'm sure like, I'm sure what he basically says is like, oh yeah, totally. Next Friday, I'll be here. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm coming back. Uh, I'll make sure I'm just all alone and you, we'll see what happens when I come. No, he's not. He's not stupid. Okay. He, I'm sure he just like nodded and was mm. like, all right, I'm out of here. So with this whole situation, it's starting to become pretty clear that something is up. There's a lot of pressure put on the Osage Township mm-hmm. to figure out what's going on. So a few days after the colonel visits the Bender house, the Osage Township decides that they're going to hold a town meeting and try to settle just what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. So 75 locals in the area came together to discuss the disappearances. And in attendance was, of course, the colonel. But not only was he there, but John Bender Jr. Damn. and John Bender Sr. had been in attendance. Everybody there, more or less, was like, something needs to be done about this. And they were like, who here believes that we should just search everybody's farm? And basically everybody puts their hands up, but John. Oh my God. But, but both of the Bender men. So, so they were both like, ding, ding, ding. No, I don't really want you to do that. But since there was such an overwhelming yeah. sort of um, conclusion that something needed to be done, they were like, all right, well, if not everybody is on board, we'll just send out for a search warrant and we will just, we'll say that, Everyone between Big Hill Creek and Drum Creek get a search warrant and we just get to go through their homestead and see what's going on. And of course, everybody's like, yeah, that's totally fine. I'm cool with that. But the benders are just staying silent and sitting there looking around at all the chaos going on. And when the meeting had concluded, they just decided that, okay, the warrant is the best way to go. Okay, But in order to get the warrant, they were going to have to send off for approval for it. Yeah, which takes time. So so I don't know if they had to like send it by the Pony Express or something like that. But three days after the meeting, one of the neighbors of the Benders named Billy Toll was driving cattle down the Osage Trail. And he noticed that the Benders Inn appeared to be totally abandoned. <gasps> Their wagon was missing. Their animals seemed like they hadn't been fed in a few days, and it seemed like there was no activity going on in the Benders Inn. Yep, pretty much. (gasps) Toll immediately went to the township to report what he discovered, and of course, the townspeople were suspicious. They're like, okay, well, we've already got reason to believe that these are the people, um, so let's just go out there and check. But apparently, inclement weather prevented them from investigating. I don't know if there was like a huge storm or something, but they couldn't go investigate for several days oh so after the weather passed several hundred people showed up in order to aid in the search party including of course yeah colonel york when they arrived at the bender property they began to search the house and of course discovered that there was no trace of the benders anywhere their food clothing personal possessions everything had all been cleared out and in the heat of the day people started noticing a terrible odor emanating from inside. No. Yep. 
And when they investigated further, it was discovered that the odor was coming from beneath a trap door no. under one of the chairs seated at the table no. that had been nailed shut. No. This gives me like real Sweeney Todd vibes. Nailed shut? Nailed shut. So they pried open the trap door and they revealed a six foot deep hole that was covered with so much clotted blood that it soaked through the stone floor that was established and it was it was penetrating into the soil below. Wow. Yep. So that's probably where they slit their throats and the blood went down into the... Yeah. Um, and bashed their head. Yeah. It was obvious. Well, we'll get into... We have some testimony from people <gasps> who made it out on what they believed Ooh, actually damn. happened. So there weren't any bodies in the hole, but yep. obviously like red flag, something's oh, yeah. going on here. And... They decided that the best thing to do, because this is just a little shack, was to just get a bunch of men from the like couple hundred people and lift the the house. thing off of its foundation and just move it over so mm-hmm. they could start digging underneath the house because they presumed that there were just bodies buried underneath the house. Unfortunately, when they lifted it up and moved it, they Nothing. didn't find any they didn't find any bodies, right? Okay. But they were like, clearly something's going yeah, on yeah. here. So they had the idea to take metal rods and just probe around the soil okay. like pl- in places that it appeared to be disturbed. And the gardens and the orchard look like they've been recently plowed mm. and tilled and everything. And like while that might not seem super suspicious because it is a garden and it needs to be cared for, the neighbors were like, they <sighs> seem to be out there really tending to that garden like more than God. necessary. So they started poking around with these metal rods to try and find anything below the soil that might have been suspicious. And very soon after, they Ugh. come upon the body of Dr. Henry York, oh. the first guy. So the brother of the yep. colonel. Yep. And apparently York was buried face down in an extremely shallow grave and his feet were just barely below the surface. Wow. His skull was also bashed in and his throat was slit. So very, very similar to the first three that they had found earlier on when John Sr. and John Jr. were the only ones there. So they continued probing until Uh. about midnight and they didn't bother to dig because they just wanted to see how many places they could find that were suspicious. It was starting to get dark at that point and they were like, instead of digging, we'll just mark off whatever locations that we find that seem suspicious And the next morning, they started digging in those locations. Okay. Apparently, they found nine different locations, and they marked them off. Okay. And in seven of those nine locations, they found eight bodies. Wow. Yeah. And Eight times seven, quick. Eight times seven. No, 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 no. Not eight in seven graves. I'm saying they found eight bodies in seven graves. One grave had two bodies in it. Oh, I see. I see. So we okay, w- okay. And we're, we're going to get to that. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Eight of the wow. bodies were found in seven graves because one of the graves contained that of Newton Longcore and his baby, oh. Marianne. And while Longcore had been killed just like all the others, Marianne didn't have any signs of trauma, which at first you might think might be good, but yeah, it was either suffocation or just they buried her alive, which is even worse. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. All the other bodies had the exact same... What's up, Jasper? All of the other bodies had the exact same manner of death as basically everybody they all had their heads smashed in and they all had their throats cut 
pretty rough, but I think we're we're past like oh no, actually we're not. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Um so after they found all of those bodies, they also investigated the well and found Oh my god. a full body there as well as a bunch of dismembered body parts at the bottom of the well okay so basically what they concluded was that there were 12 bodies minimum and all counting the three that they found prior to this or no no? okay there were 12 total bodies found on the property and they confirmed that those deaths were related to the benders but they estimated as many as 21 people were killed by the benders because of the methods of the killing and how people around in in the surrounding area were found if they went missing. So people, this part is pretty fucked. People in the search party were so up in arms when they found all of these, you know, dead bodies and everything that one of the neighbors of the benders Mm. was kind of just off on the sidelines, kind of just spectating Mm -hmm. as they were tearing through all of their land and trying to find these bodies and his name was brockman okay okay and the crowd a was first name or a last name i think a last name okay but the crowd was so heated that they grabbed him oh. and dragged him out oh. and hung him from a oh. beam in the inn oh. until he became unconscious why what okay? did he do because they thought that he was somehow in relation to what was what oh they God. were doing or that he knew oh, that poor guy so after he was unconscious, they resuscitated him and started to interrogate him, right? So kind of like Batman interrogating oh the Joker, God. like, where are they? Yeah. And he was, of course, he's like, I don't know anything. He's like, I was just their neighbor. I have no idea. And they were like, he knows something. Hang him back up again. <gasps> they did it to him three times. Oh. They hung him from a rafter until he passed out, took him down, revived him, and then interrogated oh him. Oh, my God. So many times that by the time they were like, okay, fine, we're satisfied. He doesn't know anything. Um, he didn't they, fucking come back? They sent him on his way. And apparently, this is another quote from an article I found, he staggered home as one who was drunk or deranged. Which or is just a fun way of lack saying of oxygen we, we from- really tortured the shit out of this guy. Wow. Oh, that poor man. Well, I mean, think about it. These people are like... But come Don't get on. me wrong. I totally hear what you're saying, but mob mentality and finding the finding mob all the mentality bodies of is all terrifying. of these people that had gone missing and they were looking for these people. It, you know, they were just they were like, he's got to know something. Let's get him. Ugh. So yeah, he he got it pretty rough. Um, oh god. So of course, word starts to spread about all the horror and everything that's uncovered on the property. Mm -hmm. And apparently it's so terrible that this space was nicknamed Hell's Half Acre. (sighs) So thousands of people flocked to visit this location. Okay. Like, Mm -hmm. like journalists and just regular average smos and everything. And apparently people began tearing boards from the house and taking stones from the well as souvenirs to commemorate all the atrocities. People are so interested in what happens with true crime. Like they can't help themselves. They're just like, I'm going to take a board. I'm going to take a little, you know, like they, they just ravaged it. And none of it is haunted. Well, I don't think anything ever turned out haunted. It could have been, who knows, but apparently of the things that were, discovered when people were kind of just tearing through everything they found three separate hammers Mm -hmm. a shoe hammer a claw hammer 
and a sledgehammer. Oh. And they appeared to match the indentations in some of the skulls. <laughs> yep. <sighs> and we'll find out what happens to oh, my body hurts. these hammers after the fact. Mm. But basically people were just coming and like plundering and taking whatever they could as mm. some sort of commemorative object from all the craziness that happened there okay i would never be like i'm just gonna take this you wouldn't you wouldn't be interested in stealing no, because i feel like it'd be haunted <laughs> well you're probably right so of course with these bodies uncovered mm-hmm. and the house being ransacked people began to notice some interesting things one of the things that they found that was pretty interesting was a bunch of gunshot holes in the walls and in the ceiling of the inn and what they believed that was from was from people attempting to fight back when they had been attacked, okay? (gasps) And they start to do more investigating and more questioning of people that had either passed through the county or that were still in the county. Mm. And they started to kind of get an understanding of what they think would happen each time somebody would stay at the Bender's Inn. So what they believed happened was that Kate, since she's like the charismatic one and very beautiful and everything, she would be the one who would distract the person while one of the Bender men, either John Sr. or John Jr., they would come up behind the canvas. And since the canvas was white and, you, you know, shadow. you could see the silhouette of the person through it and it would allow them to use a hammer and like aim for the oh head and they would just come out from behind the canvas and just like Blam, just oh, knock no. them out. Into, they would just beat them over the head until they were unconscious. Happy Monday. And once they were unconscious, either Elvira or Kate would be the one to slit their throat. So they were just what? all in on it. And after the person was dead, they would strip them of all their belongings and dump them in the trap door until it was convenient for them to take them and put them in a grave in the garden. What? Yep pretty freaking crazy but also i feel like it's not like when you hear regular not regular stories but when you hear other stories of you know people murdering other people or killing other people and then they want it to be done and over with like there's no like going back and reliving it but the fact that like one person's bashing his head the other slitting his throat then we're putting him in a little hole oh but then a couple days later we're gonna take him out it's like family group activity and like one of the things Sunday that people, Day. one of the things that people were like, were like, they're like, okay, obviously they're doing it for the possession. Some people are That's coming through think. here with a lot of money going yeah. to stake their claim That's and everything and get established. Some of the people didn't have anything with them. They had basically nothing to their name and they were still murdered despite that fact, <sighs> leading to people starting to believe that the Benders just did it for the sheer fun of it. Like they Holy were just that interested. Damn. And that's kind of part of my theory is like, since they're spiritualists and they believe that these people are just mm. going to go on and continue living in the afterlife, like it really doesn't matter what happens to them in this life. And if they're even the slightest inconvenience, if Elvira thinks that you're cursing her coffee, like you're getting a club to the head and you're going down. But I feel like most of the people probably didn't have reason for them to do it. Like that one lady, she assumed that she was poisoning her coffee or whatever. Yeah. But I feel like the rest of the person, the people, they just did it. Because they wanted to. Right. Well, I'm going to get Especially into it Especially with the, here. the man with the baby. How would you say? Yeah. I'm going to get into what happened to some of the people that made it out alive <sighs> now. Because everything that happened with these people supports mm. what the belief is around okay. what they okay. used to do. Okay. So apparently there was one man named William Pickering who mm. was told by the benders that he should sit in their special seat near the canvas cloth. Oh okay. God. They would direct them and be like 
this is the seat of honor. Please have a nice seat next to our stained canvas cloth. Yeah. And oh, he, yeah, because it has to obviously be stained with blood. He was saying it was so covered in stains. He was like, that's disgusting. I'm not going to sit next to it. And when he refused, Kate apparently threatened him with a knife. And he was like, fuck this. Like, I'm getting out of here. So he books it and he makes it out alive. And another man who was a Catholic priest who was just going to stay for the night, he noticed that one of the Bender men was walking around suspiciously concealing a hammer. And he was like, all right, I'm getting some real bad vibes about this. Like, I'm getting wow. out of here. Yeah, so literally. I didn't even just, think of the canvas being stained because obviously if you're hiding behind it, blam. it has to be and if stained you're with blood. if you're splattering people's brains wow. in with a hammer, yeah. So, so <laughs> that happens a few times. And in another instance, two men were traveling and they stopped at the inn. Together? Yeah. And they were going to see Kate for her psychic powers. And they ended up saying like, okay, well, you know, we've we've been here, so we'll just stay for dinner. But they refused to sit near the canvas as well. They were like, we'll take our food up at the counter here where like, you know, you guys do your main shop and everything. And after they refused, Kate became irate and started like abusing them. And the two Bender men came out from behind the cloth. Like, I don't know if they had their hammers in hand or if they were both just like giving that like bouncer posture of like, you better move on or something bad's going to happen. But of course, the two guys were like sketched out and they were like, we got to get the hell out of here. So so they took they took off as well. So, yeah, we've got gunshot rounds going through a bunch of different places, which makes people believe that Mm. there was some sort of a struggle. So, of course, with all of this new information that they discovered and all of the bodies, they're like, it's the benders. Like, Mm. without a doubt, Mm -hmm. they're they're 100 percent responsible for all of these deaths. And the state senator, Alexander York, offered a thousand dollar reward. And the Kansas governor offered a two thousand dollar reward which, as we know from like, that's a lot of money from um, Tilly Clement getting the mm-hmm. life insurance policies. Like, I think a thousand back then was thirty. Yeah, but said. I think I think I found new research that mm. said that it was closer to like twenty something. So I okay. think it ended up being close to like sixty thousand. So, but yeah, we've got a lot of money on the table. So detectives obviously followed the wagon tracks that were apparently left behind by the benders and. They found their wagon oh. 12 miles north of the inn, just outside of a city named Thayer. Okay? okay. Unfortunately, the wagon was abandoned and the horses pulling it were starving. Mm. And one of them was lame, meaning it couldn't walk mm-hmm. or be ridden. So maybe one of the horses had gotten injured and mm. they had to abandon the whole wagon and, and basically make their way to the city on foot. Because it was confirmed that the family had arrived in Thayer and bought tickets to hop on a train and just get the hell out of Dodge. What? So it was rumored Don't that tell me John they get away. Jr. It was rumored that John Jr. and Kate took a train south to Red River County near Denison, Texas. Mm. And then they traveled from there to an outlaw colony between Texas and New Mexico. And they weren't pursued any further than that because what? any lawman that attempted to investigate that region just straight up didn't return. Like it was literally like outlaw country. Yep. yep. So what? They got away. So there was one lawman who said he just he claimed that he had followed them down to like southern territory, mm-hmm. but that John had had like an aneurysm or something. But that was never really actually confirmed in any yeah. way, shape, or form. So he and could still and be alive. not only that, but like Kate wasn't 
accounted for. So it's not really believed that he had actually found them. Mm -hmm. John Sr. and Elvira were believed to have set off for St. Louis, Missouri. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where they ended up after that, but they weren't found either. Basically, all four of the benders just up and vanished. Wow. They killed all those people and got away. And with the story having so much notoriety, of course, there were like vigilante groups that attempted to search for Mm. them over the next like 50 years. And there were a bunch of groups that claimed that they caught them. Okay. There was one group that said that they caught them all and shot them all, but Kate, and then they burned Kate alive basically for being a Satanist or whatever. And there was another group that they caught and they said that they lynched all of them before throwing their bodies into a river. No body, no reward. And a third one that said that they killed them all and buried their bodies on a prairie. Um, But of course they never actually went and Mm. claimed the reward. They never had any evidence that any of this happened. It was kind of just like the notoriety of like, we did it. We got those motherfuckers. So, um. Oh, wow. Ah. They were never found. That's crazy. Yep. And, um, one thing that was kind of interesting was there was a man in 1884 Mm -hmm. that matched John Sr.'s description. And he was arrested in Montana for committing murder by attacking a victim with a hammer to the head. Okay. And the officers that arrested him. They sent a message requesting positive ID. They were yep. like, we need to know whether or not this is John Bender. Somebody needs to come here. But in the time that it took for one of the deputies to come from the Benders County and investigate, the man severed his foot off trying to escape from the irons and he bled to death. And apparently this was unnoticed. And once the guy got there, the body was so decomposed that it was impossible to identify him. What? <laughs> That so, was probably him because if he been. if he has the capacity to kill all those people and then I would not put it past him to sever his own freaking foot to yeah, get away. To get away, yep. And well, regardless of whether or not it Kudos actually to was people him, who can do that, I don't man. think I ever could. But regardless to whether or not it was him, the skull of the man was put on display in a saloon until Prohibition shut the saloon down and the skull was just, yeah, went missing. Oh, that'd be cool to have now. Would it really? You want the skull of Pa Bender? You won't take a brick, you won't take a board, but you want the human skull of a serial killer family's father? That's just so much cooler than a brick or a board. Oh my God. I can add it to my collection. What? That's... I don't know if I want us having a human skull. I don't have a human skull collection. I think I need to. to you definitely to need say to clarify that. that. I do not have a human skull collection, but no. I do have a cat skull and a squirrel skull. Yeah, not from pets found in the no, wild. No, not from pets. Never. Oh my god. I I want to make another clarification. Yeah, please. I find all the things that I have. I do not injure anything at all ever. I don't kill bugs. No. Nope. So. Not happening. But if I found a... uh... If you found a human skull, you'd take it? That's got to be like probable cause there. Well, mm, I I don't know if you should be touching skulls. Maybe I would tell the police and then ask for if I could have it back. No. After That's not how that works either. No, I'm pretty sure it's illegal to harbor the remains of a human being in your home. Well, I don't need a human skull anyways. Make me real uncomfortable. I just feel, <laughs> I feel like since I've opened my mouth, the hole is just getting bigger. There's yep. no coming out. Six foot hole underneath a little shack. <laughs> AKA, I did my ancestry.com. And, and you're related guess to the what? vendors? No. Oh, God, no. No, no, no. Um, well, like I had said, they did turn up a set of hammers and a knife in like some sort of 
um, container on a mantle, mm. right? So they they turned up those hammers and everything, and those hammers were given to the Bender Museum in 1967 by the son of Leroy Dick, um, who was the Osage Township trustee, and he headed the search of the Bender property. So there's a museum strictly dedicated to them, that so family? So there was, there was a museum mm-hmm. that was dedicated to them, but mm-hmm. then the town eventually became Cherryvale, mm. and they were like, we don't really want to be identified specifically mm. for Idolizing this, this horrible, horrible family. family, so why don't we just do a Cherryvale museum, and we will have a little portion to like show the history so you can actually go and visit the Cherryvale museum and those hammers still remain in a case on the wall to this day and we should make a list of all the places we want to go that we're going to check out like all of these places eventually but i think that'd be cool that is the story of the bloody benders wow holy damn they were never found does that make that makes it so much worse right it does make it worse that they were never found just because i'm such like a justifying like you did wrong you need to be punished which is something I should probably work on. But I I just... Uh, part of me wants to say, like, lucky bastards. But the other part is, like, you motherfuckers. Absolutely. You know? I mean, I think that that's understandable. Because, wow. like, like, it's not like they... Do you have pictures of this family? So I have some pictures of, like, drawings of what they look like. There's no pictures of them specifically. So this is the family, basically. the fo- A photo sketches. of the family. Yep, sketches. And then there's there are some other photos that you can see of the the space being wow dug up. there is that's the photo I just got that to. is an actual photo taken of the space and all of the graves being exhumed and, and there's seven graves right in that photo it's pretty freaking crazy wow yep holy bananas yeah so that is the bloody benders wow that's a trippy one my dear pretty pretty crazy yep. <laughs> Is yours gonna like not up, related is to yours gonna from lift us up? Yeah, it might. I mean, it depends on. I think it'll lift those up who are like, oh, I've experienced that. But I feel like it'll also really be like, I've experienced that. Oh, okay. It's gonna be great. All right, Luna, lay it on me. It's gonna be awesome. What What's your topic? So my topic today is the Hat Man. The Hat Man. Have you ever had the experience where you're laying in bed, you're sleeping? And then you wake up feeling paralyzed, like something sitting on your chest. And you look up and you see this dark shadow leaning over you. Like a night terror? Not like a night terror. Like you are awake and seeing this. Yeah, no. No, It's not a dream. That stuff doesn't really happen for me, unfortunately. Mm. Well, actually, probably fortunately. I'd rather not wake (laughs) up in the middle of the night and have some spooky character just looming in the corner of my room. Well, believe it or not, there are a ton of people, like thousands of people worldwide who have these experiences. Really? Mm-hmm. And it's like the same experience for everybody? Um, It changes person like to person, variations. but it is pretty much the same. I mean, they're... So- you know of shadow people, I'm assuming. Vaguely, yeah. So there are shadow people, um, which I'll touch upon briefly in this. But, well, basically the shadow people are entities or uh, spirits that are dark matter. Yeah. And they usually are just like leering over people. They'll follow people. So like in my own experience, yes. uh, there was like a five-year, probably since I was, I want to say maybe like 13, 12 to 13 up until I was about... 19 yeah i would see them almost every night really yeah like it was really scary i remember one time disruptive (laughs) before i started dating you there was a a time where i was with my ex-boyfriend and he um and usually it would just be one or two people staring over me and this one he yeah that's that's a good amount (laughs) 
Um, but this night, actually, what had happened was he had his bed up against the wall. And so the, the three other edges were open to the basement. Yeah. And I had woken up and there was someone standing at the end of the bed, two people on my side and uh, one on his. And that's whoa. the most I've ever seen. And it basically just looks like if you were to take the silhouette of a person mm-hmm. and make them a little bit darker than the surrounding area that you're in. Yeah. Um, they're not fully solid. They're kind of See misty, not see-through. Okay. So they don't have like a defined form. No, well, uh, they have a defined human form, but you can't see facial features. You can't okay. see anything like that. And they just stood there and stared at me. That's and terrifying. I remember crawling underneath my ex-boyfriend at the time and like waking him <laughs> up because I was so terrified. Sacrificing him to the shadow people. I was so scared. I just buried under and I was like, they can't get me if there's a person on me. That's true. Yeah. They can't get through another yeah, body. Yeah. So, so during that, I'm glad to know that if we if we were having some sort of paranormal phenomena happening in our bedroom, well, actually, we have had we instances have. where you thought you saw a ghost in the room and you didn't know whether or not it was a person or a ghost, and you dove over me in bed so that I would be closer to it. No, than you that's were. false. I dove over you to get to the light the, switch okay. so I could put the light switch Fair on. Enough, but you didn't warn me what was going on. There's not enough time, Nick. I don't have time to explain. Okay. Well, anyways, so those are shadow people, right? So that's another phenomenon, another entity on its own. So is is the hat man a version of shadow person? So the hat man is, there's so much to the hat man. Okay. Um, Nobody truly knows like what his reasoning is for being there or who he is. But a lot of people believe him to be almost like the head honcho of the shadow people. Oh, so he's like King Shadow Man. Pretty much. That's why he's wearing a hat. Is it a crown? No, it's not a crown. Okay. Is it like a baseball cap? So actually it comes in different versions. So some people will see a cowboy hat. Some people Hmm. will see a top hat. And some people will see like a fedora. I want top hat. So hat you want top hat? Because he's classy. I would take top hat. I think if I saw a cowboy, I'd be like, I don't know if I'd laugh or if I'd be like, ah, what's going on here, buddy? Oh, I feel like the top hat. Well, okay. I take that back. I feel like the fedora hat man would be the creepiest. But Why? I don't know. Just something about fedoras. They're, very, they're a very menacing hat. Whereas top hats are very gentlemanly and cowboy hats are very like, howdy, y'all. So like I guess so. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I guess okay. okay. I can see so, that. So no baseball so caps. So no baseball caps, okay. but he has those. Um, he's typically seen wearing a three-piece suit. So he has actual physical attributes to him. So he's not he, just as much of a smoky form. So he's said to be a lot solid, a lot more solid okay. than shadow people. Okay. So where shadow people do kind of have this like mysticism to them or yep. like misty opacity to yes, them. Yes, yeah. yes, not mysticism. Opacity, I guess, is the word I wanted. He is solid. So if we are in a dark pitch black room, he will be darker than the room. So he's basically he looks like a human painted entirely black. Yes. You can't ever really see his features, his okay. facial features. Yep. He's pretty much still like you still can't make him out in the dark. You still can't make No, out his he's still a silhouette. But typically yep. he's seen wearing one of those three hats. Okay. A three piece suit. Okay. A trench coat. Does it depend on what hat he's wearing? Nope. So like he wears the trench coat with the cowboy no. hat. No, or no, 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 no. He's not like a, a mix and match poly pocket. No. Well, I mean, <laughs> You got a style. You can't go wearing your he cowboy does not, hat but with he, the suit. He does. He does have a little okay. bit of flair and style to him because sometimes he has been seen having a gold pocket watch on a chain around his midriff and he will check it occasionally. Oh, see, now that's messed up. Because oh, yeah. 
any sort of entity that's checking the mm-hmm. time has some sort of implication of like your, your time. time is running out. And that's pretty much what the hat man's about. That's so, terrifying. So he wears that, right? He has his hat. And okay. some people, not everybody, but some people have stated that they also see him with red glowing eyes. That's worse. Yep. Not cool. Yep. Nope. Again, not all Turn of them. Turn those motherfuckers Not off. all of them, but for the most part, people do see him with red glowing okay. eyes. The ones I've seen have never had, I've never seen him with a hat and I've never seen him with red glowing eyes. You've never seen anything glowing specifically, have you? I've seen people glowing. But those were, are, were those but people But those are full you know? people. No. Okay. See, it's very interesting because I feel like the people who, for me at yeah. least, the people who are dark and like black, they never have distinguished features. It's yeah. always kind of like a shadow. Just a silhouette. But for me, the glowing people usually have facial features, features and like I can see their clothes and their <laughs> hair and their eyes and, and things like that. So I'm not sure if that's like an energy thing or, or what that's about. But um, back to the hat man. So he has been seen wearing that suit with yep. his hats and he has his pocket watch. Okay. And like I said before, there's a lot of like nobody really knows who he is or why he's here. Some people believe him to be the leader of the shadow people. Some people say he is an interdimensional entity or being that okay. has time traveled into our reality. That's kind of cool. Um, also terrifying. I don't need him in my bedroom when I'm sleeping. Yeah. And then some people also believe that he's manifested by negative energies in our lives. Okay. So like um, if you're so going almost through a really like, difficult time or like you're, you've been in a really shit mood or something like that. Like yeah. You're like you release. Experience him. Yep. Cause you won't, it's almost like you call him in. So, so that's really interesting because there are things, um, I don't know if your research touched upon it, but like tulpas, do you know what tulpas are? I actually don't think I do know what tulpas They're, are. They're like manifestations of energy that they like conjure things into being through your hmm. negative psychic energy. That's interesting. More or less. Well, I don't well, know if it's specifically negative or yep. if it's just like psychic energy. Are shape sh- shapeshifters? I believe they can be. So there's a lot that going on. Some people say that he's a soul reaper. So he which comes, which he like looks at the pocket watch. That makes watch. a lot of sense. I feel like he would be like either like death's planner. Or the devil himself. So okay. there's a lot. There's a lot. Some people believe he visits people before they die, wow. which I don't know how much validity there is to that yeah. because a lot of the stories that I have found, he actually starts following people when they're young children and follows them the rest of their life. Like oh. he, So he's. it's not necessarily that people claim to see him and then soon after death. No, like, no, 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 kind no. Of comes no. To them. But he, so okay, I'll, I'll. But it's interesting that children would be seeing him. Well, I don't think so at all because I feel like children are so much more open to that type of stuff. Well, okay, so and they I can't agree really control there, their fear and everything. But I just think it's it's interesting that it would manifest in the form of the Hat Man. You know what I mean? Especially when you think about like sometimes paranormal entities are a manifestation of your sort of psychic understanding of things. And so like, why would you conjure into existence like a man in a three-piece suit with a top hat? So to that degree, I was going to get into it a little bit more, but I can go into it now. So the scientific version of it mm-hmm. you know um scientists who have studied the hat man and, and just like scientists have studied oh yeah the there so many people have seen this man that they they have done studies on him they have done um experience not experiments but like 
conducted research experiments yeah. on people who have seen them with their brain waves. And so scientists believe that it's a cultural phenomenon. Hmm. So think about like, I think it's Freddy Krueger. Um, he okay. has the hat, he yeah. has the trench coat. Yeah. There's something mysterious about a trench coat. There was another guy, some like um, well-known murderer basically um on a tv show that had the hat on okay. you know so it's it's kind of like right. a, a conglomeration of our own ideology of what scary is okay. and then we manifest it Fair into enough. that so that's that's what like the scientists believe is what okay. happens um does it do we know whether or not it exclusively happens in the united states or if it oh also no happens this is abroad? so this man has been seen or this entity or entities like him have been seen dating all the way back to the 1700s. Whoa. There are paintings. So if you you go through paintings of like Japan or, or yeah. um, there were some Greek paintings done, you'll see like this maiden passed out on a bed with a demon sitting on her chest. And that's like indicative of the hat man. Huh. Or cause ba So basically what happens is, so he visits you, okay? He will typically visit uh, basements or bedrooms. Terrifying. You usually found there. But okay. honestly, he's also been seen during the day. Okay. Um, there has been uh, pictures actually seen of the hat man. So people have done photography where he, an entity has appeared yep, there's in a the picture. Photograph? There's a picture on the internet of three women in white and behind them, is the hat man whether i don't know the validity to it or not but um it looks pretty creepy so he basically will visit you in bedrooms um or in basements that's where he typically goes yeah and he's said to be about at least six feet tall but okay. he can range up to 10 feet so no. he can really like hover no. over you don't need that oh yeah <laughs> Oh yeah! Like, what do you do? He takes up the whole space. That's taller than the ceilings. He well, he leans over like oh my God, onto like you, cranes over you. So that's Slenderman. They yeah. they thought that Slenderman was that based off sense. of him a okay. little bit because yeah. he has like the shadowy yeah. face, the three piece suit, the you know. So I know I told you that he you know watches people. Yeah. He, he's also known as the observer. Okay. A lot of people have said. It, you know, he's the observer. He's the watcher. The he's observing you while you sleep. He's watching his watch, like That's the observer. Terrifying. But he is also known for whispering ominous messages to people while they sleep. And his most favorite phrase is, I'm going to get you. That's freaking terrifying. So could you imagine waking yeah. up, seeing a 10 foot tall shadow man with a fedora standing over you with red glowing eyes, checking his watch, saying, I'm going to get Fuck you. No. That's where the Reaper mentality comes in of maybe he's Absolutely. here to read my soul. Oh, yeah. Yep. Jesus. Yep. And this happens to children? Children. Yep. I couldn't do it. Yep. So, exactly. So, typically, it's <laughs> after children. <laughs> I don't know if I could do it. Like, the people I see are always like pretty, like, regular sized people. Sometimes they're a little bit bigger, mm -hmm. but I think I would pee my pants if I saw something that was 10 feet tall. Oh, absolutely. Hell to the no. Um, so again, so they, they do follow children. A lot of them will, he'll start following them when they're little and then they'll, he'll just kind of stick around That's if so you don't weird. clear them out. Mm -hmm. In a lot of instances, he won't do anything besides watch you. Okay. He'll just hover and watch. But there have been a couple of cases where he has actually hurt people. Okay. Um, people have woken up and found that they had scratches on their bodies. They had been bitten. I hate, um, why is that like the common, like scratches and bites? I don't know. I don't know why that, but that's so freaky. I know. I know. I don't know what I would do in that situation. No. Cry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but some people have also reported when they see him, they almost feel paralyzed. Like they feel like he is sitting on their chest. They can't breathe. 
that he is choking them. It's very interesting that that comes up a lot in like mythology as well, where like Paralysis. even a cat sitting on your chest oh. sucking the soul out of you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, but to the, to be honest with you too, that the cat could play into the Hat Man. He could be, you know a, what I mean. It could be a version because of again, him, like so shadow people yeah. are entities that can shape shift into anything they want. Okay, so technically you could have a shadow person or the hat man shapeshift into a cat and there's a cat on your chest, you know, kind of. So Jasper's trying to steal my soul at night? Probably. Okay. If you wake up with scratches that are bigger than his claws. Okay. Maybe he starts sleeping outside of the bed. Okay. As I've said, paralysis will usually come over you. Okay. Um, You you have trouble breathing. You feel like he's choking you in some instances. Like the paralysis aspect of like Mm -hmm. being panicked and understanding that there's something that you it's almost like it's almost very dreamlike where like you know that you're trying to get away from something but no matter what you do you can't get far enough away it's always like right there and and to be honest with you too the paralysis is very common um and i know i just personally have experienced that and that's the most terrifying aspect because you feel your whole body is tingly and like you 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 can't move and you're Mm -hmm. seeing these things and your heart starts racing which was interesting in doing this research it said that a lot of people feel burning and tingling in their body that they can't speak and that they feel like an energy around them so it's very it's a very um physical thing that you're experiencing unlike a dream where it's kind of mental yeah so again the shadow man he's very solid he He's a lot darker in opacity than a shadow person. And the creepiest thing that I found is with shadow people, typically they'll disappear. Okay. So you wake up, you see them, they're gone. You know, you turn on the light, they disappear. Which is also pretty creepy. Which is also pretty creepy. But the hat man, he does not just disappear. He leaves the room. No, thanks. He walks out of the room and or he'll flow out of the room. You can turn on the light and he still may be there oh for a couple God. seconds. Like oh. he's yeah. So he's just he's also been seen um, watching people in the mirrors. So there were a couple articles that I read where people had actually like saw him over their beds. They got up, they turned on the lights. He was gone. So they're like, oh, my God. They went to the bathroom. They, they flushed water on their face. It was one of those you look up in no. the mirror and he was behind them in the mirror. Ugh, the sensation that I'm feeling like in my skin right now, thinking about that type of I don't know. It's, I think it's a pretty common fear of like, if I look in the oh, mirror, yeah. there's going to be something behind me. Honestly, I have that fear every time I look in the mirror and it could even be you and I still like jump. It's oh, just absolutely. the horror mo- movie mentality of like <laughs> something's going to be there. And a couple people, not many, but a couple people have also stated that when they see his face, he sometimes because sometimes he'll lurk in corners mm-hmm. or the mirror, like I said, behind you. And sometimes when they see his face, he'll have this grin on his face. And the more terrified you are and the faster your heart's beating, the bigger the grin gets, which I think that's the scariest thing. Something about like a demonic Cheshire cat just like. Well, the fact that, like, if you were to look at him and he was grinning and then you start to get more panicked and the grin slowly stretches across his face, like, that's fucked up. Yep. And it is also said that if one person starts to see him in the house, he will also start to visit other members. Oh, so he's contagious. Pretty much. Great. There was a story that I read where as a little boy, this little boy saw him. And, you know, he told his parents about him. He was terrified, didn't want to sleep in his bed. Yeah. Like, all of this stuff, you know, um, went on for years, basically. And I think when he was 25, 
he eventually, oh, I need to add in too. So the house that he had lived in, his grandparents had lived in. Okay. And then his grandparents had moved out. His mom and him had lived there. Gotcha. Um, so he had this, this happened to him and everything. And then one day when he was at his grandparents, he brought up, you know, like this has been happening yeah. since I was young. And both the grandmother and the grandfather were like, that happened to us when we lived there too. Jeez. So. So he could have like geological it's pretty connections crazy. too. Possibly. Possibly. Um, so one story I found was by the paranormal investigator, Heidi Hollis. Okay. So she's been investigating the paranormal and, and, and alien encounters for over 20 years now. She's written many, many books. She has a podcast actually called the outlander, okay. which I haven't listened to, but I found it and I plan on listening okay. to it. Um, which she goes into all like her spooky findings. So in an interview that she was hosted in, Hollis was asked what the scariest story she had heard about the hat man was this far. And the one story that she told is is honestly truly terrifying. So she has listeners write in yeah. to tell them of so their she does experiences. Stories. Yeah, but she does them in her books. Okay. I don't know about her podcast, but okay. I know her books are a conglomeration of um a things that she's experienced, but also people around her Fair have enough. experienced. So there was this one woman, she was twenty one when she wrote the story in, but mm-hmm. the incident happened when she was seven. Okay. Oh, okay. So This little girl, seven years old, experienced the hat man pretty much every time she would go to bed. Every night. Oh, like serious trauma to this poor little little baby. So she would just see him leering over her every night when she would go to bed. And one night he leaned down and told her, I'm going to get you. As we know, he says this to like some people. Strange that he says like that's his favorite Mm -hmm. phrase to keep bringing up to people. But go on. Which, again, goes to, like, the reaper, the right. soul stealer yeah. kind of mentality. Um, so, obviously, this scares the crap out of the little yeah. girl, as Go it figure. would anybody. Yeah. So, she runs. I'd in- be scared, and I'm, like, almost 30 yeah. years old. <laughs> so, she runs into her parents' room screaming, terrified. Yeah. Her mom obviously I chalks it up. I would also run into yeah. my parents' room yep. screaming. <laughs> I slept on the, the floor of my parents' bed so many times when I was younger. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, so... Her mom sends her back into her room, obviously just brushing it off like a nightmare. You know, yeah. you're just, you had a bad dream, yeah. sweetie. Yeah. Like, go back to There's bed. No you're dreaming. There's the no bed. monsters. Exactly. Um, so she goes back to her room. And from then on, the little girl starts to sleep with the lights on, which, yeah. holla at you, girl. I do that still. Yeah. Um, Put the TV on. Yeah, something. And yeah. It, and that's true because in some of the articles I was reading as well, he doesn't really like light as much. Okay. So he'll be less prone to visiting you. However, if you have a night light on. That's, I don't like that. I don't like the fact that like there's reason to fear the dark. You know what I mean? Like obviously you should be afraid of the dark because you don't know what the darkness conceals. But at the same time, the fact that like just really creepy entities are more prevalent in the darkness is so much scarier. Well, our candles, uh, battery oh, ran out a yep. couple nights ago and we're gonna have to get new we, batteries nick turned off the lights and it was completely pitch black and this is when i was researching this and i was like mm, nope <laughs> like, we need something else on so we're gonna get new batteries yep. but but i feel you a little uh seven-year-old because oh, i still sleep with the lights on so the little girl started sleeping with the lights on okay but and she stopped seeing him for a okay. little bit but the mom started getting really annoyed that the light bill was going up okay so to kind of not punish the little girl, but to be like, come on, like grow up, seven year old little girl. Come um, on, mom. Mom removed the light bulb from her light. Well, what good does that? That's so messed up. I know. I know. That's torture. I know. Yep. 
So as soon as the light bulb. You get her a nightlight, for Christ's sake. I know, I know, I know. And the worst thing about it is as soon as the light bulb was removed, he started visiting her again. So this poor little girl, she's going through all of this. One night, her mom has a party. Okay. And the mom, which after reading this, I'm like, oh, girl, what kind of mom did you have? <laughs> but the mom didn't want the little girl going to the party. So the mom locked her in her bedroom. I mean, my parents would tell us that we had to stay upstairs when they were having a party. But, they would but she wouldn't lock in. you in. No. So this mom took the little girl's light bulb out and locked her in, in her the room, dark room. In her dark cool. room. Mother I'm of the assuming year. the party started when it was light out and, you know, it got darker and the mom just totally forgot you don't lock no, a kid no, no, in no. a room not justifying <laughs> at all but i'm just trying to like paint the picture i don't think this was really child abuse i just think that she Luna was... will come squish your baby's face if you lock it yeah in <laughs> i will save them um so she's having this party right mm-hmm. well later in that night the mom decides that she wants to go check in on the little girl okay okay so the little girl i, I should that's well, nice of her yeah i should have said in the beginning this little girl had a bunk bed okay and she used to sleep on the top bunk so the, sh- right. the hat man would lean over the top bunk and be saying the Ugh. stuff down into her okay so as most bunk beds do, you know how there's typically, they're usually made out of wood. Some yep. are made out of metal now, yep. but then they're ma- mostly made out of wood and you would have your ladder. And yep. then on the edge, it would almost have like two wooden slats that yeah. would go around. Yep. So you won't, you don't fall out. Right. Those slats are pretty much like what? Five inches, mm-hmm. you know, space between them. Yep. Well, when the mom walked in, the little girl was hanging on the top bunk through that slat. No. So her body had gone through that five inch slat Jeez. and she was hanging by her by neck her head? by her head what and the, the mom but quoted there is no way that this was humanly possible for her to get her body through. through so the mom starts freaking out she runs back into the party she's like i need help i need help i need help two men run in and they have to smash the bunk bed apart Jeez. to free this little girl they started resuscitating her. As soon as she came to, the first thing she gasped was, he almost got me. What the fuck? Yep. No. Yep. I don't How like any of that. How terrifying is that? I bet the mom gave her her freaking light bulb back I after that one. So. I would hope that the mom would sleep in the bunk bed with her for Christ's yep. sake. That's so fucked How up. How terrifying is that? Holy shit. So thankfully, the little girl lived. Um, she survived. Okay. Fine. Um, right. Probably has a lot of therapy to go to. A lot of uh, trauma, I would imagine. Trauma, but she <laughs> lived. She survived. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of fear. What would the devil want with a seven-year-old? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know, Okay. to be honest with you. I just think, I don't really know if it's age, really. It's just fear, you know? Think about it. Seven-year-old, that's easy to, to, to put fear into yeah. them. and. If you're an entity, feeding on the fear. As I said before, it's some people have stated that he's a manifestation of our own fear. Which, if you really think about it, that's actually really pretty cool because it shows us if that is the case, our brains are so yeah. powerful that we are able to manifest and create or bring forth this entity creature-like thing okay. into our reality. Well, I guess that is cool, but at the same time, like, how come I can't when I'm feeling really good have like a super awesome. Uh, badass Batman dude who just like appears as a maybe you could though have you ever tried I guess not exactly and <laughs> when you were younger you probably did and it was an imaginary friend and you thought it was an imaginary friend but it was re- re- in reality it was you conjuring or manifesting this Batman-esque uh, guy it into your Spider-Man. life yeah I don't know why you said Batman I don't know I was a little like I guess like if I'm thinking Hatman Dark 
spooky, brooding, like powerful. Yeah. I'm more of a Spider-Man kind of yeah. guy. I, don't, I remember <laughs> see you as a goofball. A, a, yeah, Spider-Man I all the way. I want a goofball to protect me. <laughs> I think if I could conjure anything into my room. Hmm. Unicorn. Oh, that'd be fun. Ooh, or a phoenix. Phoenix would be cool. But if it had to be a person, I'd do a mermaid. But then I'd panic because I wouldn't have a fish tank big enough. And what do you feed a mermaid? Okay, back <laughs> to the hat man. So, as I was saying before, there is kind of like a scientific explanation to the hat man, right? Okay. So, a lot of scientists believe that he is actually a hallucination that occurs simultaneously with sleep paralysis. So That's uh, really interesting. Yeah. So, But it, it's so interesting that it's a phenomenon that... Not only that other people experience seeing an entity with sleep paralysis, but also that they have the same experience. And like you mean experiences and seeing the same the thing? The same person. But that's also, they, they the chalk cultural, that up to the yeah, cultural okay. phenomenon of the trench coat, the three-piece suit, that's the hat. So, weird. so and this is science. So yeah. they're going to they're gonna try to explain anything. Yeah, let's just explain it you with know? science. But I will say what they find is, <laughs> is interesting. So they say about 25 to 50% of people experience sleep paralysis. Okay. And sleep paralysis usually occurs during the REM cycle. It's usually when you're sleeping and you're, it's like the dream phase of us sleeping, yep. right? And it's usually when our brains wake up before our bodies. So that kind of like goes with like your brain is awake, but your body's still asleep. So that attributes to the sleep paralysis aspect of it. But our bodies have a mechanism for sleep that paralyzes us when we sleep so we don't walk. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But for some, for some of us, the mechanism may onset too early or occur while we're in between of lucidity and dreaming. Okay. And that's when the hallucination occurs. Or you might like wake up. Which is interesting, but not have control of your body. Which is interesting too, because I will say I have seen things like I've been sleeping and then woken up in the middle of the night and seen things. Yeah. But I will also say that there are many times where it's almost like I start to fall asleep. Yeah. And then I see something. You know what I'm trying to Mm -hmm. say? Like, so I can I can agree. It's almost like your REM cycle is kicking in in your waking moments a little bit. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, which again, who knows even what dreams are? Maybe they are just a tap into another dimension or, or something like that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so basically they say that it's the link between the lucidity and, and dreaming and that's when the hallucination occurs. Mm-hmm. So our brains wake up before our bodies, which, which lead us into feeling sleep paralysis. Okay. Um, and what we're actually seeing and one of the most quote unquote scientific things stated. Well, you're putting a lot of air quotes on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't know. You can't explain everything, scientists. Come on now. Um, one of the most common hallucinations that people have, quote, 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 is the feeling or thinking of someone else being in the room. So whether or not, again, that's chalked up to like a fear, like maybe someone's in the room that's not supposed to be here and that's where the hallucination goes. So that's kind of what like scientists chalk it up to be. It's basically just like a mess up in your REM cycle and you're having a hallucination with paralysis. That's which, a convenient way to explain away the devil that visits you. Which, yeah, it's like, I'm sorry. Come but on, scientists. I'm not going to be like, I'm hallucinating. Like, if there's something breathing over me saying, I'm going to get you, I'm running. Like, yeah. that's just what's going to happen with Unless me. Unless you're paralyzed. And that's one of the other things, too. Like, with sleep paralysis, there's nothing scarier than feeling sleep paralysis, but then not having the ability to talk or yeah. scream for help. Because I know for me, I've had those instances where I try to scream for you and it sounds like it's a hoarse whisper that's coming out and that's terrifying. So again, 
No one really knows why he's there, why he's watching us. There's a lot of speculation as to who he is. Um, but one thing that can be agreed upon is that he loves to watch you while you're while you're sleeping. Yeah. He loves to creepily look at his watch and make you uncomfortable. Okay. And he will always be dapper AF when he comes in to scare the crap out of you. That's terrifying. And that is the hat man. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice job, love. So if anyone out there has ever had any uh, personal instances of seeing the hat man or shadow people, please reach out. I definitely want to hear your story. I want to oh, know absolutely. what you've seen. I want to know what you've experienced. Or like I said, even with shadow people in general, it's just a phenomenon that I'm so interested in. So because please, you've had very similar experiences. Because I've had, yeah. So yeah, please reach out to us at atnpodcast.lostwoodstudios.com. If you have anything paranormal or true crime, we'd like to hear that as well. Absolutely. And feel free to also DM us on our Instagram or Facebook. And that is actually all the Nopes podcast on Instagram or Facebook. Um, and that is our episode. So I, I guess all there is whoop, whoop. left to do is, uh, oh, we didn't do, um, we didn't do a would you rather for this one. No, we didn't. Oh, do you want to do a would you rather? Okay. I got one. I got one. Okay. What's would, your would you rather? rather spend a night with the benders? That's a pretty risky. Would you rather? Or spend a week with the hat man <sighs> leaning over you. Okay. But well, the problem with these would you rathers is I feel like it's, it's always, would you rather get murdered or would you rather have something possess you for a okay, short okay, period okay, okay, of time? Okay, 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 okay. Would you rather be stuck with Mr. Bender's eyebrows and beetle eyes for the oh, rest of okay, your life? that's a good one. Or have to always wear a top hat, three-piece suit, and a gold watch. And the only phrase you can say is, I'm going to get you. Oh, geez, that's tough. For your, um, your whole life. I don't know. I think you you could make quite the social media personality out of being the hat man. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably make quite the social media personality out of being beetle-eyed, uh, beetle-browed John. Yeah, but... you could. Ooh, I got, I got okay. this. Would you rather have no light bulbs in your house for an entire week and be visited by the hat man Ugh, every night? I'm afraid of the dark. Or date Kate Bender. I feel like I'm already kind of dating Kate Bender. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Not needed. I'm married to Kate Bender, the clairvoyant, beautiful. Yeah. Gonna murderer. kill me in my sleep because I don't like her food or her cooking or I whatever. I don't cook. That's right. That's why. <laughs> That's what keeps our relationship alive. If you were to cook and I wasn't to eat it, you might actually chase me out of the house with a knife. So I'm, I'm going to go with Kate Bender. Okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Solid. Solid plan. What about we'll sleep you? with one eye open tonight. Would you do that or would you pick uh, the half-wit John Jr.? Uh, hello, Hatman. Hatman? Really? Oh, I'm surprised you didn't compare me to John Jr. Well, <laughs> I don't think it needs to be said. <laughs> hey, you're an ass. All right. Well, actually, that I think that leads us to our shout-outs for the week. Do you have anybody that you wanted to give a shout-out to? I do, actually. Okay. So this is from Misfit Rouge. Hello, Misfit Rouge. She says, you guys nailed it yet again. Just listen to episode three. The okay. tale of the Huzak Tunnel is one of my favorites. I want to go so bad. <laughs> I giggled when you mentioned the Clinton Tunnel because me and my friend went all the way through, looked at each other, and shrugged. Basically, we're just like, 
I don't get it, and walked back through. Okay, well. She's a badass. I'm definitely a, more of a fraidy cat than she is, so. But you might like her after this. She agrees with, she goes on to say, I agree with Nick. I would definitely pick the feeling of someone being behind me only because it's a familiar feeling to me so I could handle it because I'm used to it. Thank you, Misfit Rouge. Fun fact, uh, her boyfriend's mom's cat is also named Tilly, and she is the sweetest. Okay, well, that is awesome. I'm really happy that she reached out to us. Um, and my shout out for the week is Brittany Anna Creations, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-A-N-A Creations. And mm. she reached out to us and said that she just finished our second. Uh, she said, what's a second? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she said she just finished our second episode and she loves the way that we joke and tell stories. And actually, when she was listening to the episode, she was working on, because she makes like these cool crystal jewelry thingies, mm-hmm. um, she was working on doing a wire-wrapped octopus. Ooh. And, I mean, you know octopus yeah. are my favorite. So um, Octopus or octopi? It's actually octopus. I had to look it up because hmm. I wanted to make sure that I was saying the so correct- So octopi is a lie? Octopi is a lie. I want to make that t-shirt. It's octopus. So I'm going to make that t-shirt. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> keep an eye out for that t-shirt up on our website, lostwoodstudios.com. You'll know where it came it from. It's going to be on okay, there. I'll make it for you. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to give Brittany Anna Creations a shout out because she's an awesome listener and she reached out to us. And, and if you guys wanted to get a shout out from us on our episodes, all you have to do is share our episodes with your friends or with your family or with somebody that you're spending the night with at a creepy inn. What's up? I have one more person. Okay. Shout out to Genesis. Ooh, I'm going to totally bitch bitcher this. Bitch this? <laughs> shout out to Genesis. So totally bender this. Galile- Galilea? Can I see? Galilea? Galilea. Shout out to Genesis Galilea, who literally took her sister's phone and added our podcast into it. Oh, yeah. So thank you for taking our advice. Thank you for stealing property. And thank you for making her listen well, to us. thank you for stealing property. I hope you returned it. But... Definitely. We'll return it so she can listen. If you want to make sure that you get a shout out on our podcast, um, we we love our listeners, especially the ones who share because sharing is caring. So if you want to get a shout out, make sure that you either share us on Facebook or share us on Instagram or just show us some love and tell people that you like listening to our stuff. Is that good, Luna? Sounds good to me, Nick. You all right with that? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that is our episode. Do we have anything quirky to sign off with today? Oh, one of our yeah. listeners. Yeah, one of so our listeners, John, said, wow, God, John, another shout out. I know. Sorry. We're just shouting them all out. <laughs> shout out to John. You know who you are. I won't say your last name. Uh, I'll, I'll send you a message if you don't. But I really respected the hell out of your stay safe and stay spooked yeah. sign off. I think that's going to be it. Stay safe and stay spooked. So that's it, everybody. That's episode four. Make sure you stay safe and stay spooked. Ooh. Very nice. That love. was like a ghost. I like that. You're that welcome. was good. You're welcome. <laughs> Want me to do it again? Yeah, do it one more time. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. I don't wow. like that one. I like I'm the really, other one. I'm just, I'm, you're really channeling your inner Patrick Swayze. Ooh. Oh, my Ooh. love. I've never seen that. My darling. What's that from? I long, 
literally ghost. I've never seen that. I long to feel your Is he still alive? No, he died. Oh, my God. R.I.P. Oh, my God. I'm the Demi Moore in this situation. You're behind me just, like, helping me make the clay. I've seen that. That's in... Um, it's in everything. No, 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 no. That's in... What's that movie? Everything. No, with Grandma. Grandma's Baking. Grandma's Baking? Blonde. Yes. What show is that? Oh, um... That is in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, my I know that. I know that. My darling. So, yep, that's episode four. Say bye to everybody. Bye. Bye.